We've got one company trying to connect workers with jobs and another company trying to connect everything else. This is a tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly at Fool Headquarters in uh, tropical Alexandria, Virginia, here with the one and only Simon Erickson. How are you today, sir? Tropical indeed. I think it's about 19 degrees outside right now. I'm so. being ironic. Ah, uh, indeed, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a pleasure to be part of the show here with you. Um, so, uh, folks, if you are just joining us, we've got a, uh, we're going to basically talk about deep dive in advanced sense, Internet of Things, a little bit of that today. But first, I did want to cover LinkedIn's earnings because their stock is up 13, 14% today, and that doesn't happen a lot. So uh, real quick, I'm going to run down earnings, then we'll kind of talk about their valuation. Great. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, revenue for the first quarter was $643 million, up a whopping 44% compared to last year. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Uh, net income on a gap basis, which any good analyst obviously gives a nod and a wink to any kind of gap earnings, especially with companies like this. But uh, $3 million compared to $4 million last year. Um, however, and this is probably more important, as I'm sure we'll talk about, non-gap net income for the fourth quarter was $77 million compared with $48 million over last year. Um, this thing's at 125 times non-gap earnings. What's going on here? Well, well, first of all, let's talk about what LinkedIn's doing. Okay. Because this is a very interesting business. They're obviously thinking very big. Their goal is to get everyone in the world connected to the correct Eight billion people all connected on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. Using LinkedIn, getting the global workforce into the right job. And they've, they've, they've invested very heavily to do that. That's not just a pipe dream for this company. And they're not, sorry to interrupt, they're not doing too bad here in the United States because they stay, they've got about 300 million members and the U.S. population is only 300 million. So they're moving right along. 347 here. million members, that's up 25% year over year and 93 million of those use it at least monthly. So they've got this ambitious goal. They've actually shown some real success in getting people signed on. Interestingly also, Sean, 75% uh, of, the, of the page views of LinkedIn, the people that are using the site, are coming from outside the United States, and 50% are coming from mobile devices. So LinkedIn knows where people are connecting from. They're targeting the right people out there. What other countries are they big in? China is really big for LinkedIn right now. Simplified Chinese, they've, they've kind of modified the site to, to a different language to appeal to that market too. In fact, all of Asia is actually growing very well for them right now. Um, so they're, they've got a, do they have any competition over there at all? They do. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, fragmented companies that okay. are trying to get, you know, the Chinese workforce into the right job and stuff like that. But LinkedIn, I mean, this is a network effect kind of business. If you're looking for a job, you don't want to go to a smaller one that might have a couple of job listings like your local paper. You want to go to LinkedIn where everyone else is listing their jobs. And that's why I think that, that their ambitions uh, are good ones, and you know, you you really want scale in an industry kind of like this for sure. Um, so, real quick, I did want to talk about the Internet of Things, but let's just talk about real quick about LinkedIn's valuation. I, you know, just rough back of the envelope math here. It's at 125 times non-gap earnings. Its market cap's 30 billion dollars on today's rise. Show me the Excel spreadsheet <laughs> as the the discounted present value equating to 30 billion dollars like what what makes us a buy right now? now Sean I'm gonna have to to play good cop to the bad cop with you on this one because this is a rule breakers recommendation first of all rule breakers looks for overvalued companies right. it's one of the signs and that's one of David Gardner one of our co-founders tenants is 
if everybody thinks it's overvalued, you've got to do what other people aren't doing. One, so there's that. One of the six signs of rule breakers looking for companies that are overvalued. We, we think that that keeps a lot of investors out until the stock continues to show really good metrics over time. And then they kind of ease up and they say, you know, I was wrong before. We're going to get into a company like this. Right. LinkedIn's no different. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some statistics at you why I don't think it's overvalued right now, even as a $33 billion company. Um, their sales solutions group, uh, talent, talent solutions rather, uh, appeals to recruiters. They're doing about a billion dollars in this business today. This is connecting, uh, this is recruiters finding the right person for the job. They subscribe through a subscription to LinkedIn and then they place those people in the jobs as well. LinkedIn thinks that that is easily already a $10 billion opportunity for that business right there. And then the other one we've talked a little bit about before is uh, the marketing solutions side of the business. This competes with Facebook for those sponsored links that you see on the news feed of LinkedIn. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said, hey, Facebook is, is getting into Facebook at work. You know, they're kind of getting a more professional focus right now. A lot of people are saying that Facebook is a LinkedIn killer for advertising. I will grant you that I don't buy that. I really don't. I, if I'm looking for a job, I want something more professional, not how I connect with my family and friends with pictures of my son. And, and advertisers <laughs> agree with you. The number of right. sponsored links on LinkedIn is up 3x over last year, and the price per, of, uh, per update of those is up 40%. So. I would They're dispute doing right. that, yeah. uh, that, and, and, and my, my bigger point is that it's easy to say, looking at today's um, metrics, it does look overvalued. We like that because we see the bigger opportunity and we see a business with really good leadership investing in itself and going for the bigger picture. So Very we really good. like LinkedIn longer term. Cool, all right, good stuff. Yep, thank you. Uh, so moving on, we wanted to talk about Internet of Things, specifically in Vincense. We'll probably be talking about a little Calamp next week and all that. But uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to talk about the fact that they're in the new iPhone 6. Apple's notorious with squeezing their suppliers, we'll say. Um, is, that, is, is the fact that they're in the iPhone 6 actually a negative? Um, I wouldn't expect to. I, I, wouldn't put, I wouldn't bet the farm on in Vincent's making a lot of money off okay. of Apple. I think that the, the, uh, the average selling prices for a big customer like an Apple is going to be lower than the rest of, of the market. There's no disputing that. But on the other hand, this is all incremental revenue. Keep in mind, Apple was not even a customer two quarters ago, mm -hmm. and now they're 45% of sales. Jeez. That's a big statement. That makes sense, because mm -hmm. you know, 50 million iPhones get sold. Um, real quick, just taking a step back, InventSense obviously just makes little gyroscopes that makes flipping your screen on your phone work and all that. Yep. For our listeners, the average price of these things is like three bucks, right? It depends on the sensor. Okay. But I don't think that's that's <laughs> egregious to say. Okay. Yes. All right. So they're selling millions upon millions of these little gyroscopes. They're easily the most advanced thing on the market. That's why Apple chose them, and that's actually why you think it's good that they're an Apple, if just from a market perception standpoint. Oh yeah. If you're working with Apple and you've got the the validity of saying, hey, these guys are supplying the the Apple iPhone six, the Samsung Galaxy phones, you've got immediately credibility that you're a great vendor for a motion sensing chip like right. that. I'm sorry, a motion sensor like that. So if so. You're, you're good enough for Apple, you're good enough for me. And I think that's that's one of the, the parts of the thesis for this, is the new applications. You know, We're looking at smartphones today, but um, let's look at some of the new stuff that's using motion sensors right now. Optical image stabilization. This is when you're taking pictures Say with that your phone. Fast. No. OIS, <laughs> I'll call it OIS. Okay. But you've got a shaky, a shaky hand when you're taking pictures. You don't want a blurry picture. It's only in 10% of My premium smartphones. My selfie stick's a little shaky. Selfie too, stick, yeah. no. <laughs> you can stabilize that with, with an OIS, and, and then Vincent sells the motion sensors that go into that. They expect the uptake of that to double. 
by the end did of the you, calendar. Um, sorry, did you see that in CES, or where, where did you see that? Yeah, they're all over the place in CES. And, you know, we talked, we, we went to the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, uh, which is in January, and we got, uh, there were a lot of panels, a lot of booths, a lot of companies focused on wearables and Internet of Things and this new connected wirelessly devices that are going to be all over the place. And you know, from just talking to you all- You saw a guy in a suit with Invincense chip, their uh, people, products. People were in suits, people were in virtual reality suits, you know, where they've actually got Invincense's sensors in the, oh uh, in, the in the shoes, you know, yeah. that they're walking around in. But the thing that was very interesting to me was, um, kind of did a, a channel check, if you will, Sean. We spot checked, we talked with a lot of different customers out there. And uh, we asked them who they were working with for the sensors, and, and a lot of, All of them were working with Invincense. Yeah. And it goes from big smartphone companies to the smallest drone manufacturer out there. I think Invincense is onto something here. Uh, they're not just selling the sensors, they're selling the software and the turnkey solutions. Which is arguably where the money might be at. And if you're a developer and you want to come up with something that, that's motion-based, you want to work with Invincence because they're going to get it done for you. And you want a solution that's quick and easy and bing, bang, boom. Good for a customer and good for Invincence yeah. for margins. So I, I like the long-term plan that they have for this. Okay. And uh, uh, what's Invincence doing for my house? <laughs> ah, yes. So, so smart home applications is kind of a newer, a newer thing that they're working on, too. Um, uh, TVs is the first thing that they're working on. When you stand up and go to get popcorn in the middle of a movie, TV recognizes. That's what I did last night. It, well, exactly uh, well Invincence yeah. knows. <laughs> it, they, they, they told me from their, their, they have a motion sensor. Uh, they can figure out you're, you're standing up, you're walking away, you're not in front of the TV anymore. You can actually move your hands and do gestures to stop, to play, to fast forward. So if I wave at the TV, it'll turn it off or pause it or something? That's right. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm totally in. Cool stuff. <laughs> um, anything else that Invincence has coming around the corner? Health and fitness. You know, this is kind of interesting. They're putting um, their chips. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep saying chips. I'm in Invincence out. Yeah. Their accelerometers and gyrometers into um, tennis rackets to, to improve your swing. Uh, a lot of different, uh, you, you can actually- Imagine what the Williams sisters could have done. Even better, <laughs> they're getting even better from these things. That's one of the things, I mean, that virtual reality, I think is, is really um, kind of still considered to be futuristic, but we saw a lot of that at CES too, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where that goes in the next couple of years as well. Very cool, all right. Well, Simon, thank you for your time. I am Sean O'Reilly from Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. Have a great day, fools.